Amen, amen. Please be seated. Today we are uh, participating in, in a very special day called All Saints Sunday. Uh, this day is special because we take time uh, to remember those individuals in, in our personal lives, in our life here at the church, and our extended family who have spoken truth into our lives and who have made a significant consequential difference in who we are because of their lives. So annually on All Saints Day, we remember these individuals. And I know that some of you are here today and uh, the death of your loved one hasn't been that long ago. And, and tears of uh, memory and remembrances uh, may flow down your cheeks. And, and you're going to just uh, be in that, in that place where you're, you're, you're just uh, emotionally distraught. And this is a great place to be that way, actually, because uh, God is here. The God of comfort is here to be with us. And so we come to remember these individuals who have been uh, such a cloud of witness uh, for our living. So today we're going to be looking at the text from Hebrews, which is a New Testament letter. Uh, and we're going to be looking at this letter from Hebrews because the author of this letter uh, was, um, just before the 12th chapter, was focusing on uh, the, uh, listing those influential people in the life of Israel, those influential um, um, uh, advocates of God's love and compassion for the world, and so uh, he had just gone through listing all that, and then he comes to this 12th chapter, and I especially want you to listen to the first verse uh, of this chapter and, and allow it to speak truth into your life today. Now listen as the word of God is spoken and revealed to you this morning. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning with verse 1 through verse 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. My friend, this is the word of God for the people of God. So I've been thinking about, how, how do I define the word saint? Because what we need to understand first and foremost is that a saint is not a perfect person. If there's a perfect person in this room, I'd like to invite you to come, and you can just talk about your perfection to us this morning for the next 20 minutes. But I'm not too worried about anybody coming up. So I guess I'll continue. So it's not a perfect person. But what a, what a saint is, is somebody who has lived, lived some kind of life uh, that has 
had influence, has had impact, has had a, a significant, made a significant contribution uh, to our formation as individuals, as the people of God, and as disciples of Jesus Christ. So I was thinking about how do I define this word saint? And, and I came across the story years ago uh, that I think best defines a saint for us today. It's a story about a grandfather wanting to take his six-year-old grandson to church with him. Now, the, 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 the grandchild's parents, uh, the son of the grandfather uh, and his wife, never went to church. Now, but the grandfather was trying to help this six-year-old child to understand faith and to understand how to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so the grandfather invited the son to go, and it happened to be All Saints Sunday. And so the grandfather uh, went hand in hand the two blocks down to the church, and when they arrived at the church, they went through the front doors. On the left-hand side of the church are these beautiful stained glass windows. And the stained glass windows uh, are, represent uh, the, the, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They arrived early, and so the grandfather didn't want to have his grandson sit there squirming longer than he needed to. So they went around, and the grandfather talked about each of these four gospel writers. And the service was about to start. They sat down, and the grandson was just mesmerized by these four windows. He kept looking at them all during the worship service. When the worship service ended, the grandfather took him out and they walked back the two blocks back to their home, or to the grandfather's home. They walked in and the, uh, this child's parents uh, were sitting there and the father decided that he wanted to see if it was worth anything for his son to go to church. And so he asked his son, what is a saint? What is a saint? And the grandson pondered for a second and, and then he said, a saint is someone whose light shines through. You hear that? A saint is somebody whose light shines through. And he kept on looking at that glass and the shining coming through. I think that's a great illustration about what a saint is. A saint is someone who has, who has a, a desire to live life, and as we in the church would say, we have a desire to live our lives according to the gospel, according to the uh, purpose and desire of Jesus Christ for our living, and that is so that we can share the gifts of hope, love, joy, and peace. And so this, this child was saying in his own words, he said, you know, what, what, I, what, what we want to do is we want to shine that light of Christ and allow the light to fall on others so that we can make a consequential difference in the world. And I believe that. So let me ask you to do two things with me now. I want you to think about right now, just uh, right where you are, if some of you need to refocus here, uh, I, I want you to focus right now, and I want you to think about one person in your life who has, made, who has been a saint in your life, whose light has shined on you. Okay? You got that name? Now I want you to think about the, the qualities of that person and how those qualities were lived through that life. Do you have that person now? 
I was only gone one Sunday. You got the name. Well, let me share, you, share with you mine, just one of many. Uh, his name is Don Benton. Uh, Don was uh, the senior pastor of Lover's Lane United Methodist Church in Dallas, Texas. Uh, Don, uh, th- this congregation was the third largest United Methodist Church with over 8,000 people uh, as members, about 6,000 people in worship. It was a large church. And when I was in seminary, I went to Perkins School of Theology, which is part of Southern Methodist University, which is in Dallas. And I was required to do a nine-month ministry internship uh, in a local church. And so I happened to uh, be asked to interview at Lover's Lane with Don Benton. And and, uh, the interview, I thought, went well. I was scared to death. Uh, I was scared to death because Don was one of the most uh, influential United Methodist pastors uh, uh, during this season of time. And, and here I was sitting with him. And, and so we had a good conversation, and I was approved to serve at Lover's Lane, and I was assigned one of the uh, 14 pastors uh, to, be my, uh, to be my mentor. His name was Charles Cook. Now, the problem was that Charles only stayed there for three weeks after I started. And then I was wondering who I was going to get to be my mentor. Well, good fortune for me, it was Don. I I, I lovingly call him Papa Don. And I I didn't always love him because of what he put me through. Uh, he, He wanted to make sure that I was stretched in my theology, that I was stretched in my compassion, I was stretched in my leadership. Uh, he, he, he was a very talented man. Uh, one of his hands, uh, I could put two hands together, and one of his hands was bigger than my two put together. A good, big Texas man. Well, he was the one who literally shined the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ on me. That in, in many ways has formed me to be the person that I am today, to be the pastor I am today, and to be the preacher I am today. Who is it in your life that helped form you? Was it a mother? Was it a father? Was it a teacher? Was it somebody in in your place of business? Was it a neighbor? A grandparent? See, we we need to remember today, uh, we're going to read to you 62 names in a few minutes, and and we need to remember that these people uh, lived their life in in such a way uh, that they uh, shine the light of God through, and it touched us. That's who Don Benton was for me. And then I think we need to understand that not only is it that uh, we, we, we have, uh, there's that person that shined that light, but we, we also have the, that that light sh- has to shine onto others. When we take it, when we claim it. it you know, if, if I stood before you and I said, I'm going to take this light and I'm going to take it into me, into my soul, and I'm going to cover it up and I'm going to take that light and I'm going to walk out of here because I want to have that light only for me, well, is that what the gospel says? Absolutely not. And so the, the question is, how is it that you and I can live our lives as uh, reflecting light 
out into the world. Because as we do that, amazing things happen. And we get to be influencers, and we get to be people that will help guide people along the pathway of life, the journey of life. And I don't know about you, but that's what I want to do with my life. And I believe that about all of us, actually. That we all want to live our lives in a way that reflects the light of Christ out into the world. I had a recent experience just, uh, just in the last couple weeks. Many of you know uh, that a week ago, this past, um, on the 22nd of October, actually, a Monday, uh, 37 of us left from Fort Myers and we traveled to Israel uh, to do a Christian pilgrimage uh, in the Holy Land. Many of you are in this room. And several months before that trip, I was asked by uh, two of my friends who attend the 8 o'clock service, uh, Jim and Wendy Brookover, if uh, they came to me and asked, uh, Tom, we're thinking about the possibility of, uh, of taking our grandchildren uh, with us on the trip. And they said, our grandchildren are 14, 11, and 8. What do you think? Now, truthfully, what I thought is this. Are you crazy? <laughs> because I've been around uh, a lot of uh, 14, uh, 11, and 8-year-olds, and, and, and sometimes the best parenting technique is duct tape. Um, I, I, yeah, I know I said it. But anyways, that, that's, there's a lot of truth to that, but I, I would never, ever do that, of course. I don't think. So, um, so we said, sure, come on, bring your grandchildren. And so in preparation, they were, uh, Jim and Wendy were with their, uh, their son, who's in the military, uh, a colonel, and uh, a daughter-in-law. And during that conversation, they found out, uh, Jim and Wendy found out, that their grandchildren, even though they're very active in the local church, had never been baptized. And, and so Jim and Wendy had been in Israel 25 years ago, and they said, Tom, do you think we could baptize the grandchildren? The parents would like that to happen. What do you think? I said, I'll be honored. Let's do it. And so uh, the, uh, a week ago Thursday, we were at the River Jordan, and uh, we were there. Um, uh, we had, uh, uh, on the night before, I had spent time with the children. If you look at this picture here, I had spent about 45 minutes with the children, making sure that they understood about what's, what the sacrament of baptism is, and, and about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I talked to them about the scripture of uh, when Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan, of when they came out of the water, uh, uh, Jesus looked up and the skies parted and the dove of the Holy Spirit came down and fell upon Jesus to begin his ministry. And, and so I, I shared all that with them, and they're smart kids, smart kids. So Thursday afternoon comes, we're at the River Jordan, and um, I want to uh, share with, uh, with the children a moment of the renewal of baptism for their grandparents, Jim and Wendy. And so uh, here is when I baptized Jim, and I held him under for a very long time. And, and um, it was one of those wonderful moments, though. And, and then uh, Wendy, his wife, uh, was helpful holding him under. And, and then we had the opportunity to baptize, to renew the baptism for Wendy, and what a, a glorious experience that was. And then came the time in which uh, Wendy and Jim helped me 
baptize their, their granddaughter, Elizabeth Joy. And uh, this was a sacred, sacred moment in which we, we baptized her. Then this is actually the middle child, Ben, Benjamin. Um, and, and then we, we baptize. Now look at where, the, where Matthew's eyes are looking. Isn't that amazing? And he was looking to heaven for the skies to open up. So go on to the next one for me. And, and, and so uh, there was that moment. And, and look at the expression on the grandparents' face and on their grandson. And now go to the last one. And here's a picture of the family together. Grandparents with three grandchildren. I share this with you simply because do you think that the light of Christ was shining through the grandparents onto those grandchildren? Amen, isn't it? Yeah. Now, there's going to be very few opportunities to repeat that again. But I, but I simply want to say to you that part of All Saints Day is to remember those who have lived with us in the past, to claim the presence of the Holy Spirit in our present, and to begin to shine that light of Christ in such a profound way that it begins to illuminate all around us. And so I, I, I simply want to ask you, to, to look at this light, and to look at the different colors of this light, and to begin to look at the illumination of, of this light and how this light begins to uh, penetrate the, the various corners of this room. And, and when you and I decide uh, that we are going to be a, a, a cloud of witnesses, when you and I decide that we're going to be a cloud of witnesses, that we're going to be the light of the Holy Spirit, the light of Christ shining out into the world, then amazing things will begin to happen in our world. So this is our opportunity to remember, to embrace the present, to claim the Holy Spirit, and to live our lives as the light of Christ for the world. We are all imperfect people, right? But through our imperfection comes this wonderful moment in time in which we will come before the altar of God and receive Holy Communion. And in this communion, we will be given the opportunity to say, God, I forgive my sins. Please come and cleanse me and make me ready to serve as a light of Christ for the world. And there's a complete circle of what's going to happen today.